Did you know that the expression, a drop in the bucket, actually comes from the Hebrew Testament of the Bible? The Old Testament. I didn't know that. It's from the book of Isaiah, as are some of the lyrics to our closing hymn that you will recognize as something we do quite often. Um, Only a drop in the bucket is intended to talk about things that are of little consequence compared to many other things of similar nature. But the way I wanted us to consider it today is a little bit different. Um, We began our water ceremony uh, uh, with water from years of communions before this. We watched as the small amounts we contributed uh, made the water level rise. And though we were adding a good bit more than a drop, uh, it still shows maybe in time-lapse photography um, the difference that a drop, each drop can make as it gets added to the whole. What we have increases. The amount grows. That which we contribute makes a difference and changes things. Still, it's one quite limited container. And I think we can get kind of myopic if we keep our view limited to the bucket. I've always felt a little bit of resonance with certain passages from the Hebrew and Christian Testaments or otherwise called the Bible because that's from a tradition I grew up in. Um, I was steeped in it pretty strongly and, and there are things that cross my mind sometimes. Phrases, passages, and, uh, and they always hold meaning for me when that happens. A verse that will cross my mind now and again is one from the book of Matthew in chapter 10 or also from uh, the book of Luke, chapter 12. And it raises the idea that not one sparrow falls without that being felt. And then it talks about that sparrows are sort of a dime a dozen and that as humankind, surely we have more value. But, you know, you can argue with that if you choose. That's not the point. (laughs) Um, But it also talks about how every hair on your head is numbered. And um, the idea that the whole and source of life are that intimate with me feels true. This week, my my son was coming home from work and on the side of the road noticed something that caught his attention. 
He had an idea of what it was, but he went home, parked his car, and walked back um, up there. I, I really don't have all the particulars of it, but he carried some leather gloves, so he must have known what it was. And it was a hawk that was grounded. Um, uh, it was still alive, still breathing, and no visible injuries. Um, the hawk he picked up with his leather gloves on and carried it home. Now, I was jealous as I could be because I've always wanted a hawk, and I, and I have uh, all these connections. They're, they're symbolic to me of so many things along the course of my life, and um, they're reminders of, of things that are, that which is greater than me, of the things that I'm connected with intimately if I'm plugged into my own spiritual journey. Um, but he wasn't sure what to do. He said, do you want to keep it? I said, well, you know, probably up until this year, <laughs> I would have said yes. Isn't that awful? Because I've, because I've always done things to try to help birds heal. And then I found out this year that my participation in that can be really debilitating for the birds later on. Even though they can fly away, you know, they often stay in the yard and need some assistance with things. So all that said, um, I said, why don't you call Walter B. Jacobs Park and see what they say. And um, so he called them and they gave him another number and he took the bird for someone who knew what they were doing to see. And they said that the bird was ill and very dehydrated, but they thought it could be rehabilitated, and so now they have the hawk. The sparrows fall, the hawk being noticed. Um, We can get blind to the things around us. We can get blind to one another. We can get blind to what we see in people's faces unless we're paying attention. And, so, and it's hard because we have enough going on in our own lives. But what I find is uh, when we remember that we're drops in the bucket, and that the other drops make us in relationship more closely with the ocean. When we notice one another, when we take the time to see life in the faces around us, we resonate with the ocean. Remember that all of our isolated groups are unlikely still connected uh, to the whole unless they're open to the rhythms and presence of nature. If I leave this container here, don't interfere with it. Don't lock the water away. Seal the water up someplace. Eventually, it will evaporate. It will again become part of the cycles of nature and life. 
and eventually move back to the sea. Is that true? How can we not think that things as valuable as Unitarian Universalists hold every human being to be wouldn't also find our way home? I think we do. But openness to life and the spirit of, of life that moves in us and among us, uh, the wondrous mystery beyond our naming, though many of us may call it God. If we stay open to it, we stay participating in the cycles and rhythms of things that are so much more vast than us. There we can heal. There we can be whole. There we can know ourselves to be a part of all that is larger. Keep hope. Keep faith. Your drops matter. Mother Teresa said, uh, we ourselves feel that what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean. But the ocean would be less because of that drop missing. You're so beautiful. You're so important. Please stay open. Let's let our jobs work together, huh?